Hi everyone, welcome to Z DevOps Talks. My name is Shalini. I am joined by my co-host Chris Sales and our wonderful guest Gerald Mitchell. Welcome, Gerald. Hello. Happy to be here. Uh, thank you for coming on. I have heard wonderful things about you, and I'm really excited to dive in a little deeper and learn about the work that you do at IBM and a little bit more about you in general. So let's start off with kind of your work at IBM. How did you get started here? Give us a little bit about your background. So I started at IBM as an intern in 1997, uh, recruited in 1996. So it was my second week in college at Virginia Polytechnic Institute State University, go Hokies. And I, (laughs) and um, I, was looking for what I was going to end up being doing over the summer. And uh, I was talking to IBM. And at the time, IBM was uh, had a couple of different uh, technical um, innovations going, including uh, advanced cable uh, networking and uh, systems. And so um, I signed up to be an intern right then. And uh, IBM had uh, since moved on from that technology and I got uh, the great experience of actually moving into what we called middleware, um, but it was mainly focused on um, Z, uh, Z uh, and at the time, um, INP, uh, communication server. And so I was um, kind of a jack of all trades, um, working as an intern for communication server. I did everything from set up test labs and do testing to translation labs, automation. Um, put a little bit of history in this. This this was about the time that uh, things like object recs were um, mm-hmm. in play. So I don't admit this much, but uh, I was an object recs programmer uh, for IBM. And um, that's kind of where I got started. Um, and also where I got started with, um, I'll say, big iron uh, computing. Um, and pretty much have been doing big iron computing ever since. Um, I kept with that department um, and our, and our IBM middleware. I actually wrote um, a program that read trace logs off a of comm server, um, Telnet uh, directly hex characters and turned them back into screens um, and um, kind of got really heavily involved with how Telnet works, uh, especially 3270, 3270E, 3279, and translated that actually to working in products uh, from IBM host publisher and host on demand and host access access transformation services or HATS, Mm -hmm. where I spent uh, 10 years as a developer and product architect um, and kind of from there um, moved on to doing a lot of support and support engineering um, and customer facing role um, for the at the time, rational brand software, uh, which uh, included the IBM middleware. And then I now back on um, back in the fold with uh, development and product as a product architect on IBM developer for ZUS. Man, you're saying all, all you're hitting me with all these nostalgic words, rational brand software, hats, you know, oh, it feels good. And that's, a, by the way, that's a hell of a CV, man. Congratulations. That's great. That's Thank a lot you. of work. It's Thank a you. giant body of work. Uh, it's a lot of work, a lot of fun too. Um, got to work with uh, a lot of amazing, amazing people, um, uh, customers uh, directly. Can't say enough about um, how good our 
technical services teams are and our developers and our architects uh, and making sure our customers um, have what they need. Um, and um, everybody's really committed to, to being the best we can. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on because, um, you know, as, as someone who actually has, you know, I've worked with you in the past, we've, we've met up, we've gone Thanks to a you. couple of things together and man, it's, you're just a, you're all around. What a good guy. What a good guy. You know, you, we appreciate you, you. We appreciate you. I just wanted to dive in a little bit into, so you, you mentioned you've done a lot of different roles at IBM. Um, and currently you're a product architect, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Well, we wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know, what does this role mean to you? And just for, you know, some of our folks listening who don't know necessarily what a product architect does, just walk us through what your day-to-day looks like. Sure. Happy to. So, um, as a, as a product architect, um, my overall goal is to make sure that we have um, the best product we can to meet our customers' needs. Um, and my investment into doing that is making sure that uh, we are providing the right technology, uh, we're using the, the right components, we're, we're heading the right direction, um, whether we're talking about things like deployment or the, the actual products architecture in terms of code, uh, component reuse, uh, interoperability. Um, for example, uh, we, we have several IBM products that make up the, the Aqua uh, train, the Aqua stack, um, making sure that uh, IBM developer Z works with um, Data Studio or um, we can deploy on top of an existing instance of IBM Explorer for ZOS or we have the integration point with uh, enterprise workload management. Um, those are the kind of things that I have to I, I think about and try to advance, uh, as well as work with my development team on making sure that we've um, developed things uh, so that they will work better in the future, uh, that we are thinking about things like um, YAML support and make sure we can interact with some of the other third-party products even uh, and, mm-hmm. and open-source software that all our customers are uh, looking and investing in. Um, and then the, the other side of that, I, I try to make sure that we've explained things adequately um, from a product ar- architecture standpoint to those other teams, to our third-party um, partners, and, and um, work with the open-source organizations, uh, work internally to make sure that we're all in sync, um, and work with our customers to make sure that we're meeting their needs. Right. And how do you go about um, educating these third-party teams or our, our customers, really? So, um, for, for, I work directly with our customers. If, if, you know, if there's, um, some questions, uh, I encourage them just to, to contact me directly. Um, it, or, um, if there's a, a support ticket open, um, and there's some questions about how things interact, um, I, I, again, I, I get directly involved with that. Um, also, um, there's, uh, developer conferences, there's customer led conferences, um, the EMGSE is a great example of that. That's coming up in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be uh, speaking there on what's new with uh, IDZ 1504 and some of the things that may be coming up in the near future. Um, and I do those things and I get feedback. There's also some um, customer programs that we participate in so we can get customer stakeholder feedback. So some continual um, 
discussions uh, around what's next. Um, so if customers are interested in that, um, I encourage them to, to sign up and participate uh, as a stakeholder. Speaking of all the products that you take care of, everything that you've done in the past, it looks as though, because we like to do our research here, and uh, and we will be asking about the uh, Taekwondo Club at Virginia Tech oh later on in the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> told you we do our research, but it seems like you you've got you've got a few patent badges, right? Which what are these for? So um, I have um, been involved with um, the IBM Intellectual Property. Um, since maybe 2002 um and uh the, the original investment um i was making there was part of my day job um we in, we encourage all of the employees at ibm to um th- think freely um and uh as a result of that uh typically when you innovate um you are eligible to get a patent for your innovation um so i was doing some work for um i believe Yes, I think the first one I had um, ever was through um, the product uh, work I was doing with hats, um, and uh, specifically the default rendering uh, for hats. So when when hats, which is access to uh, the the mainframe telnet uh, systems, um, it brings up the telnet screens. Uh, hats has the capability to render those into um, newer UI elements. So instead of just seeing you know, the, the input fields and some text, uh, you can get options, drop downs, um, thing, things like dialogues um, rendered off of that screen to, to have more of a current look and feel. Um, the default rendering is the process that the code goes through to build that screen up without any user interaction. Um, and I believe that that was the first uh, patent that I had that went through the entire process. Um, and kind of from there, there's some other things that were related to host screens, um, but I've got more involved with the intellectual property side of the business. Um, and I was helping with doing um, various events for education on what patents are. A lot of people actually have a, a, have a skewed uh, understanding of what patents are. It's not just something that you're going to use to leverage uh, to get more money out of somebody. It really is to show the innovation. That's the original idea behind um, the entire IP system is that you're registering this idea um, so that people can learn from it. So um, if you register the idea and people can learn from it, then it's a growth in the industry Uh, you build upon each other and that's something that a lot of people miss but it's it's very important to get those disclosures out there whether or not it's a a patent or a publish um, get that information out so that the entire industry can grow and um, I I got really involved with that we did some expos um, which was not only how to do this but also just highlight highlighting some of the things we've done um We've we've given a lot of these innovations out for free. Um, Eclipse is one of the great examples. There was a lot of IP in uh, the Eclipse portfolio that was actually given out along with Eclipse, uh, so that everybody could take advantage and use that. Um, so I, I did a lot of work with that, um, and I became one of the reviewers on, on what we call an IDT, which is, is it's a review board, um, and I was doing that for a while, um, and. I, 
I was even doing some work on things that day, uh, we do every day. So I have one on um, an invention based around um, time shifting to work with DVRs. So everybody's watching things in streams or pre-recorded. How do I not have spoilers, right? We, we had this problem where we're sitting around talking at lunch and somebody you know, once about what happened on TV last night. Meanwhile, the rest of us were working uh, on a critical situation. So obviously uh, we hadn't seen that. So how do right. we discuss it even after um, the events have occurred? We haven't necessarily seen it. Uh, so I don't want to spoil uh, anything for anybody trying to watch uh, basketball uh, and, the, and worrying about their brackets. If you didn't watch the games yesterday, um it would be a huge spoiler for me to discuss that right now. Um, but maybe you want to watch it real time and have the experience and the fun of discussing with others. Uh, so I actually have a patent on how to do that um, so that everybody can have fun and enjoyment together. Um, wow. That's awesome, that's, man. Yeah. That's super interesting. Um, huh. Wow. I mean, so that's, that's outside of your scope of your kind of responsibilities at IBM. That was just something you you saw a problem in your daily life and you wanted to solve for. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's where a lot of innovation comes from. Um, it, it doesn't yeah. come just from the day job focused in on uh, what you're doing, but the, the world around you. And sometimes you can bring those back. So uh, one last example there is that I was, I have a paddock, patent based on mobile devices uh, resizing things in a table um, that we applied to some work that we were doing uh, Mm -hmm. on the hats product but that was from a general experience of trying to use um, I may date myself at the time because this was pre-iPhone but uh, the palm devices trying to go to normal websites on that oh yeah really reframe things so that and blackberry devices so we were trying to play in this space in the business as well um and our frustration on the team with trying to do in our personal lives and trying to also do this in the business we uh worked on some pets uh and, and some innovations to get us around the issues we were seeing there wow okay so shifting gears a little bit um Tell us about, again, going back to the research that we've done, tell us about your call for code project. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. So um, I got involved, um, I guess it was 2020, um, with the call for code for, well, and I think the one you're referring to is call for code for racial justice. Uh, yeah, that's correct. And um, w- essentially, I... Uh, after the 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 various things going on in the news at the time um at the beginning of 2020 um with George Floyd Black Lives Matter um some of the other events going on in the world and in the US um IBM um had this idea of call for code for racial justice and and really put it forward what what could we do with our technologies and our innovation and um you know, our innovative and courageous people, uh, and how could we help? Um, and so we had a bunch of uh, very, very smart individuals get together and help form the Call for Code for Racial Justice and put out a call for ideas uh, throughout IBM. What can we do to make things better? And there were various ideas that came forth. Um, the one that I ended up working with the most. Um, Call for Racial Justice was called at the time, Embrace the Vote. How can we make voting 
uh, more accessible and more understandable um, so that people do not feel discouraged. Um, people take advantage of the programs in place and also investigate what programs may need to be put in place. And so um, that turned, evolved into a project called Five-Fifths Voter. And mm-hmm. what what that is right now, it's, it's actually a live website. We have uh, uh, open source GitHub. We encourage everybody to participate. Uh, but um, it, we, we wanted to be able to provide all of the information we could about, at the time, um, hard to find information uh, county by county, um, for state, local, and and the the, the federal U.S. Um, voting events, um, most people know about uh, the, the 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 first Tuesday in November voting uh, in the U.S. But there's a whole lot of uh, other vote events that happen up to that point. Um, there's um, different ways you can vote depending on which state you're in, which county you're in, uh, whether or not you can use. Uh, um, mail-in ballots, whether or not there's um, an online registration or whether or not you have to register in person, um, even which ballot boxes you can use and when, uh, what locations you can use and when. It, it, it really varies um, by location. And sometimes these change per event. So if you're going to vote in, in the city next Tuesday, um, you, you may have a different location to vote at the, for the, the, the city and county versus the location you would go to for the state and federal voting that you're used to on the right. first Tuesday of November. Uh, so we built um, not just a website, but we built the services behind it. It's using IBM Cloud. It's using Code Engine. Um, we, we had some Watson analytics on, on analyzing Twitter feeds to, to get sentiment around voting. Um, if you want to look up um, even the sentiment around specific um, uh, people you'd be voting for or um, specific events, uh, whether or not you should fund something or not, we want to find more information about it. Uh, we wanted to provide an easy location, easy technology to be able to apply that. Um, and what that, what that entailed was not only us, you know, providing what we could, uh, developing things like web scrapers to scrape things off of government sites where it was legal to do so, and they didn't have a API, but also finding um, county by county and state by state, uh, in many cases, right. what APIs are available, what we can use, um, building technology forward information um, with those things like code engines. Um, putting the information in GitHub along with the APIs where we pull it from. Google has uh, had some great voting APIs, uh, vote.org. Uh, there, there's all sorts of places where this information was individually. We were trying to pull that together and get the word out. Um, and um, IBM backed us the whole way. Uh, we were announced that all things open in Raleigh in 2021 as the, the one of the finalists uh, out of the call for code. Um, we in 20, uh, sorry, 2020 and 2021, we were uh, at um, again at all things open in Raleigh. Um, and we actually won for our work with YMCA, um, who was one of our major stakeholders uh, that came in and we were doing enterprise design thinking with them on uh, what we have, what, what they needed, what we could provide, what's coming up next. Um, and this project is still going. Uh, it's still looking for volunteers, 
um, to do design, design reviews, translation, um, because we're an IBM. We consider us an IBM product. We try to make sure we're accessible. We make sure that we have translation. Uh, we're yeah, trying to make I sure understand. we're using open technology. We're using um, the, 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 the design languages that we have in place, like Carbon. Um, we're using open technology, Vue.js. Uh, we want to make the use all the IBM technologies we can. We're we're getting we get IBM help with that. Uh, we can provide education and everything. So we're just encouraging everybody to come and help. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So for those of you who are interested in in, in contributing, it's fivefitsvoter.com, correct? That is the website. Uh, we also have uh, a GitHub. It's five fitsvoter voter uh, sorry yeah, five is, dash fifths dash voter this is amazing i i'm going through a website it's very um comprehensive you have all these you have i mean the entire uh voting journey and why someone should vote and really all of the information that they need to vote so this is really an amazing initiative um and i'm i'm really happy to hear that ibm was able to support you the entire way through that Absolutely. And I, I do have to shout out that, you know, uh, there's a couple other companies that uh, have wanted to get involved. Um, American Airlines, um, YMCALA has, has actually um, helped us a lot with the design and helping us move forward. And they're still involved. Um, and we also encourage, you know, any any groups and companies that want to come forth and help. Yeah. Um, and I just, I mean, kind of diving a little deeper into this, you know, what made you want to get involved? in this space? Have you been involved with Call for Code for the pa- in the past? Like really what what resonated for you in this specific project? Um, the, the, uh, the non-political but driven focus uh, that IBM was putting forth to ina- use our technologies um, to enable a better change. So there's some projects even that ended up uh, they're not part of call for code but they're still moving forward um, that are uh, just um, it came out of this incubation um, that working with the governments and institutions to just make things better we have a lot of technology we have a lot of smarts and I really just applauded IBM to to do this kind of step forward. Uh, the call for code initiative has been amazing. Uh, I wish I had more time to do more things. Um, I encourage actually everybody to watch the awards that were, um, uh, I believe, October, November last year um, that that were hosted in New York. Um, my team actually got a call out for, uh, with the YMCLA uh, from Colin Jost as, as uh, during one of the segues. But uh, the, the things they were doing was clean water uh, detection and, and um, setting up emergency systems, um, which is actually um, uh, being picked up by Academy of Technology and Call for Code. And everybody's been rallying together to help with what we can do even in Ukraine right now, um, sure. trying to reapply what we've learned um, and, and done all this work from call for code and, and all of these IBM programs. And everybody's jumping to assistance where we can. Um, it, it's, it's not a one-time thing. Uh, and it's been, it's, it's amazing. And so I saw this kind of happening with call for code. Um, I helped with uh, some, mentoring from a technical aspect for things like uh, call, a, call for code and some hackathons um, and, and 
even some of the things that we were trying to do with helping out for trying to find COVID cures where we were providing computing power. Um, and I just, I, I saw all of this things about how we can help and where can we can help. And I could not participate. Um, I had some knowledge and skills that could be reused and I, I had to go for it. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, just, just the fact that like you're, I, I'm, I'm sort of beside myself with, with how much you've been able to um, above and beyond your normal scope of what you have to do day to day, which I I'm about to, to ask you about in a second, but like all this time, this energy, man, uh, where, where, where do you, what kind of coffee are you drinking? Like, where, where do you come up? Wh where's the energy coming from? You know? Um, so it, it, it's uh, three hearts coffee out of Brazil. Um, <laughs> also, okay. uh, Bayou cafe, uh, which is a, a, a local place in, in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, I do get coffee from there, them as well. Um, and, and so I, I will promote, um, both those coffee brands I, I do drink there, uh, as well as Starbucks and some other uh, local places. Um, but um, seriously, it, it's what energy I have. Um, I, I put a lot towards my day job. Um, I've gained a lot of knowledge and I want to give back. Um, so I try to give back when I can. Um, there, there's so many more things I want to do that I just don't have time to do. <laughs> I have to make decisions about, uh, every day about whether or not I, I can help. But if I, if, if I have the cap capability and capacity, I, I, I jump in. I don't want to sound corny, but that's, that's truly inspirational, man. That really is. That's, no, that's great. exactly the, that's exactly the word that came to my mind. It's just, it's very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and if anybody wants to know more about, you know, doing some of this volunteer work, specific programs, if I can help, um, I have contacts at obviously call for code, but, um, black girls code, girls who code, um, there's uh, code to dream. <laughs> uh, you may see a theme here with coding, but that that's kind of where, where my area is, uh, that I can lend the most help. Um, but, uh, if, if you want to yeah, we'll, reach we'll out and volunteer, please reach out to me and I'll help Help and we'll also get those have all of those links listed um, for this podcast episode. So, you know, send those over and we'll have those for, for our audience to uh, reach out to. That's awesome.